Hello, I'm Anna Elliott and this is Blendle Handpicked. If you give me five minutes of your time, I'll give you three stories that stood out above all the rest this week. I can't think of a better story to welcome you back to this podcast after the October break than this one. It's a fantastic piece from Jerome Groupman in The New Yorker on how science can help you change your habits. So Groupman himself is a medical doctor, but he's also a magnificent writer. So his science pieces for The New Yorker come from a place of authority, but they're also particularly fun to read. This piece begins with a discussion of habits and to what extent they are active impulses that we carry out as opposed to passive routines. Groupman deftly guides us through a brief history of what philosophers, scientists and politicians have thought about habits and explains why this is such an important topic to tackle today. In our digital world, tech companies are always trying new ways to keep us hooked on our devices. Even Groupman, an esteemed medical professional, can't keep himself off his smartphone. Even though we know it's bad for us in any number of ways, we can't detach ourselves either. But don't despair just yet. There's new research on why knowing something is bad isn't enough to change our behaviour and how we can use another route to rewire our brains. The research suggests that by altering our environment, we can put ourselves in a position to exercise better self-control. To put that in simpler terms, by making your bad habit harder to do, you make yourself less likely to do it. And you can even go a step further by replacing it with another less harmful action. If that still sounds a little theoretical to you, I'd recommend checking out the full 11-minute piece in The New Yorker. It dives into the theory more thoroughly, but it also explains how it can easily be translated into everyday life. You'll find the link in the show notes. Next up today, I've got a timely read from Ruth Bender in the Wall Street Journal about the fall of the Berlin Wall. There have been plenty of stories floating around in various publications this week about the fall of the wall, thanks to the 30-year anniversary, and more specifically, about how it wasn't all good for East Germans. But this story goes one further. For this remarkable piece, the journal tracked down a former East German border guard from a 1989 photo taken on the fateful day the wall came down. His life since then tells the story of a struggle to come to terms with a new way of living and portrays the damaging personal consequences of what was, for many, a moment of relief and celebration. Volk Fleischer was stationed on the wall itself and November 9th, 1989 was the moment his world collapsed. After the wall fell, little changed for most in West Germany, while East Germans found themselves and their institutions completely absorbed into an entirely different country, and those after-effects are still evident today. The interview with Fleischer, who now lives in the West, illuminates the psychological legacy of living in a fundamentally different country. He was brought up to respect the secret police and believed that when border guards shot at citizens who tried to flee across the wall, they were protecting the country from traitorous foes. He describes the baffling and immediate collapse of order that followed the unification that even led to panic attacks. And although he eventually overcame that and found some kind of peace, his memories of his early life and conversations with family about what Germany as a whole should stand for are still fraught. I'd highly recommend reading this personal angle on a big political moment. It might give you more than the other stories out there. It's nine minutes and it's from Saturday's Wall Street Journal. My final recommendation today is an eye-popping story from Mark Seal in Vanity Fair about a huge Bitcoin heist that reads like a screenplay for Ocean's Eleven or The Italian Job. It even features an interview with the leader of the heist himself. 
This is brilliant, even if you still haven't quite gotten your head around Bitcoin. Seal explains in just enough detail to keep us hooked, without burying us in specifics, and his magnificent narration transports us to the atmospheric location of the crime, Iceland. It was in this dark, freezing locale that Sindri Thor Stefansson and his crew stole millions of dollars worth of tech equipment so that they could mine their own bitcoins, essentially printing their own virtual money. Now, Stefansson has been charged with masterminding the biggest burglary in the history of Iceland, as he proudly calls it, and somewhat surprisingly, he still walks free. That meant Seal could sit down with him to talk about the heist, and that's when we hear about Mr. X. According to Stefansson, a mysterious figure contacted him and commissioned him to steal the computers. Mr. X was the mastermind of the heist, and Stefansson was just following orders. Whether or not you believe that, and Seal clearly doesn't, is up to you. The cinematic description of getting the team of thieves together and the multiple thefts that followed is compiled from Stephenson's own confessions and Seal's research and interviews. It's also very amusing. It's Hollywood-style glamour crossed with backcountry security facilities and some fairly obvious mistakes from the bandits. It's like reading a caper about some rather incompetent criminals. But what comes next is even more entertaining. After being captured, Stephenson used a peculiar loophole in Icelandic law to escape prison. His life on the lam continued until he posted an ill-advised Instagram photo showing himself in Amsterdam, where Dutch police caught him. He since confessed to two of the several burglaries, but is appealing his sentence, which means he will remain free until the appeal is resolved, and the computers remain lost potentially mining money for Stephenson and his band of thieves as we speak. This 18-minute yarn comes from the most recent issue of Vanity Fair, and this type of story doesn't come around that often. Thanks for joining me for this week's top stories. Check out the show notes for the links to the articles, and if you want to read more, you can go to blendle.com and subscribe to the Daily Digest newsletter, which we send out at 8am Eastern. If you want to get in touch with your thoughts on the show, you can email me at editorial at blendle.com and you can follow us on Twitter at Blendle. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. <laughs>